Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Did That Really Happen podcast. I mentioned on the last episode that Caleb Rutherford has announced that he's moving to Roanoke, Texas uh, for the Roanoke Church of Christ to work out that way, and uh, we're really excited for him. Uh, That's going to bring some information uh, down the pipeline that we'll get to at some point with you all about what's going to go on with the network and everything that kind of entails with that. But he's taken a little bit of a sabbatical on a couple of these episodes uh, for the summer content because he's getting ready to move, trying to get everything ready so that when the time comes in October, he can hit the ground running in his new work. And so I have been asked to do some of these solo I don't prefer it that way. I really like it when Caleb's on here with me because Caleb and I, uh, we've developed quite a rapport on this particular show especially. And so when I was trying to plan who I wanted to be on the podcast with me to kind of make up for that rapport that would be lost, I thought, let me get guys that I have a good rapport with already. And none of them said yes. So today I have Matt McBrayer on with me. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Matt, it's the best I could do. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what you going to do? You scrape the bottom of the barrel, man. I know. Well, we'll make do with what we can do. It's okay. And, uh, and then no, we I'm, never have to talk to each other ever again? That's probably best. Okay, that's good. Um, you know what, guys? We'll see you next week. It's, right. <laughs> no, Matt and I are good friends. I really appreciate his family, uh, the McBrayer clan, as we call it, I guess. And we have a group chat with... Uh, our couples are in a group chat together, Matt and Autumn, and then Megan and I. And um, I named it like the group of awkwardness, and then Autumn kept changing it to something more standard. And so I finally changed the name to Stop Changing It, asterisk, asterisk, group of awkwardness. And it hasn't been changed. Well, we obey orders. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so Matt, the basic premise of the show, you've never been on the show before, have you? No, okay. I've, I've heard it. I've, uh, listened to several of them. I don't know if I've listened to all of them. I've listened to several of them. Yeah. Well, we hear from a lot of people, uh, that this was a, a show idea that we had had because mainly it came off of sometimes where I would talk to Caleb about something that had happened to me and he's like, that didn't really happen. And I'm like, no, it did. And then we finally were just kind of sitting around one day and like, there are so many preachers with so many stories about everything that's gone on in their lives, there is a well of laughter that we could tap into and just throw our bucket down every summer and just bring it up and it will be overflowing. And I'm I'm really looking forward at some point to getting Tim Kidwell, uh, your father-in-law, on here because um, <laughs> yeah. Tim is a hoot and a holler squared. Uh, and that's not because he's a square. He's just a hilarious person. And, um, you know, he just has a way of speaking he's got a nice deadpan delivery um and then every now and then he'll get animated with it and you're just not expecting it so he's he's very very funny yeah and i look forward to hopefully having him on the podcast sometime uh but today we're stuck with matt and um hopefully the years of him being married into that family will be enough for him to make it worth your while today so if you're driving down the road on a road trip and you see an episode that looks more entertaining, feel free to click off. At, no. <laughs> we, 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 you do have to tell them what you did to me. Which time? The, the pho- photography. Okay. okay. And then I'll tell what I had planned back but didn't <laughs> okay. get to do. Okay. So that's one of them that we need to talk about. But you've got a list of stuff because what we always do, in case you all don't know this at home, sometimes, like the Caleb and Nick episode was very much a, we're going to talk about everything that kind of comes to mind. Other times we ask people, like I asked Matt, hey, write down a couple stories that you know you can tell, and let's let's go that way. And true to form, 
Much like always, Matt has told me stories off the air that he just can't tell on the air. Same here. Uh, we all have stuff that happens to us that we just we just feel better not saying. Yeah, and it's uh, awkward. And yeah, it's not not good mixed company. Yeah, not that anything sinful happens. Exactly. It's just that you just don't want to tell everybody. No. Yeah. And uh, we never know who's watching. We we can't. I don't feel comfortable putting an age restriction podcast on a Christian podcast network. Uh, that just seems <laughs> right. that seems inappropriate. Like okay. Side note, when we first started the network, I don't remember which show it was, but one of the shows, if I'm remembering correctly, either before we launched or right when we launched, we had to put out what Apple requires, which is a test podcast. Like Apple wants to see what your podcast is going to be like, the audio, and they won't approve it unless you've uploaded an episode. So what we did was we had somebody record Acts 8, 1 through 4, and then we have that as our you know, a little test audio that we throw out on any new podcast that we do. When we upload it to Apple, that's how we get it to be approved. Well, one guy, when he set up his show, accidentally marked it as explicit because that's an option on Captivate, our our host site. And uh, I was scrolling through all the ones that I had subscribed, just checking to see what podcasts were on there and going through and reviewing them too. And I remember I clicked on one and it said explicit. And I remember thinking... That can't be right because, you know, we're, we're Christians. And so I messaged the the group chat that we have, or I messaged the person. I can't remember which one it was, but I, I basically said, hey, somebody, you know, you, you need to fix your explicit rating on your podcast because if, if you're not careful, you're going to upload like the Christian way, explicit. Or, you know, you have a bunch of podcast titles that are like God and the family explicit and just all this stuff that's going to be awful because no matter what you do every episode title would be explicit so it's like jesus expects us to act like little children explicit and it'd just be like the worst thing in the world ever and so we had to correct that because there was an episode or two that had been uploaded like ready to go and it said beside the title explicit and i was like that can't that can't be right there's no way that that's right so we never feel comfortable Obviously, because the word explicit means that there's language involved. Uh, and I, I think it's weird because sometimes I listen to podcasts, and I've been, I've been debating about this, and I'm going to say this and we'll get into it. The network has been talking about trying to find ways to create more Christian content that can be entertaining. Now, it would not probably be under the same Scatter the Broad Umbrella network thing. It would probably be a different division of some sort. But I get sick and tired as a fantasy football, you know, enjoy, I enjoy playing that sport. And there's a bunch of, you know, podcasts that I can listen to. And every now and then I have to turn one off because they're explicit. And I don't know it until I'm listening to the episode because if you're getting ready in the morning and you're listening to a podcast, it just plays to the next one. And not every episode's explicit. And so we've been talking about trying to find ways to introduce entertainment that is acceptable, would be Christ-like, in that it's fine to have likes and dislikes in that way, and giving you something where you could trust that what you were listening to was not going to be filled with foul language, things that shouldn't be talked about. And so if you're interested in that, email us. Our information's in the show notes. If you have suggestions, email us. Our information's in the show notes. We want to do the best that we can to try to get you as much out of the world as you possibly can be, understanding that you're never going to be truly out of the world. You're going to go to Walmart. You're going to hear stuff. You're going to go to the restaurant. You might see stuff. 
Uh, you go to a local basketball game, you're going to see and hear stuff that you shouldn't see and hear. That's unfortunately a part of living in the world. But if I can help you as you're driving down the road, have better Christian content, and if Caleb and the other guys on the network can help you have better Christian content, boy, we want to do that. And that's why we started the network from a biblical perspective. And this podcast specifically, we're eight minutes in and I haven't even started with you yet, but this podcast specifically, we didn't think would be very popular. I hear people, I'll go somewhere sometimes, and someone will come up to me and be like, did that really happen? Do you do that podcast? Uh, I've done that podcast, yes. That is my favorite podcast. I just love hearing the stories. And when we're driving down the road, we'll just replay them. And I'm like, I am so sorry that you you believe that that is entertaining to listen to the same stories over and over again. But true to form, I grew up in a home with my dad where I've heard his stories over and over again. And I like hearing them. And so that's what we're trying to do in the summer. Give you a little bit of a break from the regular content. Our hosts get a break, a time off. And we take some time to sit down with preachers or Christians and just ask them to tell us the stuff that's happened to them that is either funny, shocking, or just downright sad. And today, I think we got a little bit of all three. And so, Matt, you can introduce yourself and take it away. All right. I'm Matt McBrayer. I uh, preach in Cerrito, West Virginia. And uh, a graduate from the Memphis School of Preaching back in January of 2010. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. I've got uh, a beautiful wife, Autumn. Uh, we've been married for almost 15 years. And we have uh, five uh, beautiful children, and so we're thankful for that. Um, so I guess uh, Michael's wanting to for me to start off with um, uh, a... Um, a prank that I pulled. Oh on yeah, him. we we should start with this. So the the prank I can't remember. I'm trying to remember exactly how it started, but you got uh, a haircut. So, yeah, well, and then you said that I wanted to be like you. Yeah, yeah I remember that aspect of it. you said you want to you want to be like me, and I had been trying to figure out a good way to prank Michael, and I thought you know what. As soon as he said that you want to be like me, I said you know what maybe I do. <laughs> And so I started contacting people and seeing if they would help me pull a prank on Michael. And so that's what made this great because everybody was involved. We had a bunch of people, I mean, in-laws, parents, um, friends. I mean, uh, you know, Caleb Rutherford was a part of this with the Scattered Broad Network. And uh, I posed as Michael in so many pictures, pictures like with 20. his son, <laughs> pictures with his wife and his mother and father, and um, it it was pretty funny. We did this, and then I had asked um, Ryan Manning, my former coworker, yeah, and I, I asked him if he would place all these pictures in his office, and so he got access to Michael's office and placed all these pictures, replaced all the pictures that he had of himself in there with his family and and everything. And so um, he put all these pictures throughout his office, and um, I just got a really good kick out of it. Uh, Megan recorded it, and yeah. it was pretty hilarious. She uh, Well, that's the thing. <laughs> so Megan, on Sunday mornings when I was in local work, I would always stop by my office because what I would do oftentimes was I would leave my iPad – at the church building, I would work on the final parts of my sermon and PowerPoint and whatever else, and then I would go into my my office right before worship, and I would load everything onto the iPad, leave my computer behind, go preach or go teach class or whatever. Um, that particular day, she followed me, 
And I remember at the time I was like, what is she following me for? <laughs> We've been here five years. She knows my, you know, my modus operandi. You know, she knows this is what I do. Why, why is she coming in here? And then I started noticing she's filming me. And so I was like, okay, what's, what's happened in my office that I am just unaware that has happened? Because I didn't see it at first. And then she starts going, look around. You know, just like, which, which kind of cheapens the prank in some ways when someone's like, hey, see what I did to your face there? Hey, uh, did, you, did you notice that yet? Hey, man, somebody, somebody wrote something on you. You know, like, then you go and it kind of cheapens what it was. Honey, I said that in love. That wasn't, that wasn't a dig at you, I, I promise. I thought it was a dig. I really did. Well, you know. Um, and so I start looking around and I'm looking at pictures. I'm like, what? These are just photos of Matt <laughs> McBrayer. And if you've ever been in my office at Somerville or at the school now, you've noticed those pictures. And I think it's hilarious because at the restoration trip, the, the tour bus stopped through Cerrito. And several people texted me and said, hey, that guy in all those photos in your office <laughs> is here. And I, I had told dad, I said, I wish I could have bought a plane ticket. And just walked in to the lunch and been like, hey, guys, it's Matt McBrayer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Because that, that would have been so great. But, I mean, you literally, you took pictures with my truck. You took pictures, you know, fixing cars and doing all this stuff. You took pictures holding my mom as a hug and a, an embracing photo. But I thought it was funny. When it came to the picture with my wife and kid, you are very noticeably like, I am not getting any closer <laughs> yeah. than I absolutely need to. And I told Megan, I said, that's absolutely funny to me uh, because <laughs> you were like, I do have boundaries. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do, I do. Your mother, yes, I will hug her while I take a photo yeah. with your mom. But with your wife, no, I'm not, I'm not getting any closer. <laughs> I think your mom was like, Saying, I should just kiss you on the cheek. <laughs> and I was like, whatever you would do. Well, and so I told Megan, I was like, you can just see. He was like, I'm going to stay as a little bit away this one. And um, it was a really good prank. And Ryan told me, like, the day that it happened, I don't know if you ever heard this part. I don't know. He woke up and he forgot. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. He was supposed to do it. And he woke up and, like, you know how sometimes you wake up in a panic? That's what he did. He woke up in a panic, like, what do I have to do? Those pictures. And he drove up to the, he only lived three minutes from the building, so he drove up to the church building, and I had given him an office key, and he had given me one of his office keys, and we had trusted each other, you know, <laughs> to have the other's key, and I walked into him, and I was like, you put a bunch of pictures in my office, didn't you? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, you need to stop being a liar. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, it was me. And so everybody truly was in on it. I mean, the only thing that could have possibly made it more creepy was if you were able to get photos like in the pulpit at Somerville and in my house and all that, you know. Dude, we talked about that. Ryan, Ryan was like, you've got to, you should just come and take a picture in the pulpit. And he, and he even said as far as, we should record a sermon of you in the pulpit and like do a PowerPoint and everything and like have, have, uh, get one of name. Michael's PowerPoints. Cause <laughs> all my PowerPoints were on and they still may be on that computer. Yeah. Cause of the computer in the auditorium, I'd come in and offload the PowerPoint for the week. And then the person who ran the PowerPoint would just load it up and use it. So you could have easily done that. Um, That's pretty funny. So I, I like to get back. When something like that happens, and I I remember like I saw you 
or I called you or something, and I basically said, hey, man, that was really great, but I go nuclear. And I think I hung up or something, you know, something that was very like, uh-oh, you know. And so I started texting Autumn. And there was a bunch of mini pranks because this happened the day we left for Branson to come here. A year ago today, this is when this, you know, this week, this is when that happened. Uh, And I did not sleep the night before we left. I'd stayed up really late, so I was already really tired that day too. So we get to Branson, and we pull in like right when the services are about to start. And so the first thing I did was I sat with Autumn, and she unlocked her iPad. I took a picture of us together and made it your screensaver on your iPad. Then I go back, and I sit down in the pew, and I just watch you, and I'm waiting. And I see you open the iPad, and you, you just like jump a little because you were not expecting to see me and her because just what she's wearing is obviously in the Branson building, and you're like, what? when did you have time to do this? And then I texted you and said, I'm not done. But I didn't tell you what I was doing. And so I had found out from Autumn that week because I sat down and I said, you know, I need your help a little bit here. I said, I need to get him back. Tell me his greatest fear. And she said, just like without missing a beat, she goes, he has always been afraid that a gospel meeting that he had scheduled ends up being canceled. And he's there and they're like, we didn't invite you. (laughs) And so I waited like a week or two. Yeah. And then I called you and said, hey, man, uh, the elders at Somerville want to have you come out and do a gospel meeting. And I, I gave you, like, really intricate topics and all this kind of stuff. Like, they want <laughs> yeah. outlines. And you yeah, were like, man, this is – and you said, are you messing with me, man? I was like, no, we really need you to come up and speak. Now I was very careful because I had told the elders – I'd asked them if I could ever have permission to bring people in and podcast and all that kind of stuff. And they had said that was fine. So my whole plan was to get you there. The week of the meeting that was supposed to happen that wasn't, and podcast with you on all the stuff I made you study and write about, and I was just going to quiz you. And my my entire plan was to get you to come up. There was going to be a week of vacation that y'all were going to take anyway, and y'all were just going to come hang with us for a week. But I was going to wait till Sunday morning when I pulled into the building with you, and I was just going to look at you and go, "We're not having a gospel meeting this week, by the way." <laughs> And just, you know, d- destroy everything. Yeah, like a, like a friendship. Yeah. And then Autumn was like, hey, our time off's not really going to coincide like we thought it might, so I don't think it's going to work out. And I was like, man, I wish that could have worked out. And so I had to call and tell you, which is not the same. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So this isn't really going to go on the network. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Prank. um, Pranked yeah. you. But, yeah, so that that's kind of our friendship. Um. There's a there's a lot more that could be talked about that just is is best left unsaid because some of it happened so recently. Like I could talk a lot about foundations last year. And I bet that'd probably just not be smart. Um, <laughs> so uh, you have a bunch of stories that you've typed down and yeah. that you're going to talk about. So I'm going to let you go and I'll just I'll just butt in when I need to. Okay. All right. So um, I was just kind of uh, I was thinking about when Jonathan was on and he had all these like uh, funny titles with yeah. his. So I was kind of jotting down notes based on the thoughts of these. So um, this one is the flood, yeah. Oh, so like AP's VBS, not yeah, a sponsor. It is. It is. Um. No, it's not the VBS style. So, um, uh, 
this uh, I was with the congregation. This has happened a couple of times where I've gone, especially when I first started working with the church. Um, I went to a congregation that had a uh, baptistry with no water in it, and oh yeah, and so I've heard about places like that, but I've never seen it. Yes, it, it's always kind of befuddled me. I would go, well, "What are you plan on doing?" Right. I mean, if if you're you're not planning on studying with anybody, and so like I'll preach some sermons and I'll kind of get people geared up one happened with a men's meeting and so that kind of took a lot to just go hey we've got to just put water in here and get this thing ready and then um on another this other occasion uh, i had an eldership and so i had talked to him and said you know we really do this is really not does not look good if we think that we're going to um you know try to have bible studies with people or we're going to baptize them you know what's going on (laughs) can you imagine um, I am ready to become a Christian. Right. Great. In the next hour, we can take care of that. Right. Not, now, the Bible does either. say probably, the Bible yeah. does say the same hour of the night. Right. I don't think that's quite what it means. Yeah. Um, but that would be, um, can you wait? Right, right. After we just tell them the importance of what they're supposed to do, can you hold that thought? Yes. Um, and I'm going to just need to fill the baptistry up. I, yeah, I've actually been to, like when I first started working with the church, I've had a few of these happen, and I've just been out of my mind crazy about like what what have you been doing before I got here yeah. why didn't the previous preacher think that this was something bad and and so anyway we we have to um they give me the go ahead to start working on the baptistry you know see if the uh, heater works on it and all that kind of stuff so you know I had cleaned this baptistry up and it uh, uh was good enough to put water in then we could start right. testing stuff and so um, this happens on a Saturday. Um, I I'm uh, not too far from where I grew up, right? And and I am uh, filling up this baptistry, and it's taking a while because it just takes a while when it's empty. And you know it has like this overflow valve, so like you really don't have to worry about anything too much because yeah. when you have an overflow valve, as soon as it gets up to that point, it just starts draining, and so it's no big deal, right? So. Um, Dealt with that before, no big deal. So I, I went to my office, I studied for a while, I came back and I looked, and it still got quite a ways. I think I went home and had dinner and <laughs> talked to my wife, and you I know, forgot that okay. it was running. Do you know, first of all, <laughs> you ever seen like the, the hilarious long videos where it's like, the guy is going to go, like yeah, and he, he, yeah. he goes to Paris, and he goes to all these places. That's the image that I'm getting, right, and but, you <laughs> you genuinely forgot that it was on? I forgot that it was on, and where my office was was at the complete other side of the building, so I couldn't hear anything at all. Well, I realize that it's been going for a while, and then I think, oh, no, you know, I'm going to have this huge water bill for the church because it's just been running and running and running. And I walk in, and I hear a waterfall in the auditorium because what has happened is there was a blockage in the overflow valve. Oh, man. (laughs) And water is just cascading over that glass that's on the front of the the baptistry, all just coming into the auditorium. How flooded were were we talking? It was about 33% of the auditorium. It was kind of like stadium, so, you know, like it had a slant. And so the the first third of the auditorium had about an inch of water. Okay, so let me let me talk you through this and just All right, go ahead. 
you see that. Yes. Do you immediately look up U-Hauls or what, you, what is the thought that goes through your mind? Because you have yeah. to call and explain it. Right, right, right. So <laughs> I cannot remember exactly what I did. I kind of think I cleaned it up. Um, but I and the, I was thinking about this with, with Autumn, trying to figure out what did I do? I must have told the elders, but I cannot remember telling the elders about it. Um, what I do remember doing, I think this is probably what happened is I cleaned it up and then I told the elders. Um, I think that's probably what happened because I didn't, I wouldn't want them to freak out. But again, this is on a Saturday Yeah, and I'm, you know, trying to kind of tidy up on stuff that I need to preach the next day. And then I've got to get out my shop vac that thankfully I had just gotten for Christmas the year before. And I start shop vacing all this water I call my dad, who's not, you know, he's about half an hour away, ask for another shop back. He comes up, and the two of us, for several hours uh, on a Saturday night, uh, vacuum up as much water as we can, and then we put fans on on the auditorium. And then Sunday morning, you, and then you got left. up and you said, I resigned. Brethren, yeah. there is water in the plan. That's right. The building plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but, so here's a, here's this here's a lesson on Noah and uh, yeah. yeah, just go. No, now, yeah. W- so when you stood up to preach that day, was it still kind of squishy? No, actually, I remember one of the the men in the congregation going, "Why does it look so clean up here?" <laughs> and I'm like thinking, I'm not even going to say anything. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's but the strangest I, thing. I remember like bending down and like, and it was just a little damp in places. Yeah. Because you can't get that much water out really quick, but I did, we did get it cleaned up. I remember, I think I told this last year and you, if if I told it and you heard it, let me know. But I borrowed a trailer from one of the elders. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. And I, I wrecked it <laughs> because I didn't put the proper trailer hitch on. Right. That phone call is the worst phone call right. to make. But worse than that, that's similar. I wanted to learn how to change the oil and the RAV4 that we had at the time. And so in February of 2020, I jacked the RAV up and I got underneath it and I did everything that I needed to do. And I went to put the filter on and I stripped it as I was putting it in. I just, you know, didn't get it on flush. Didn't realize it. And so that day, we decided, Ryan and I, were going to go see Sonic the Hedgehog with Ian. It was like a 30-minute drive to where we were going to go see it because we didn't live near any theaters. And when we are getting into the theater, my car is shaking forward. And I was like, that, that doesn't seem good. That I, you know, I'm not a mechanic, but that that seems Something's off. It seems like wrong you know there might be a problem here. Um, I might I might not be a prophet, but I, I can tell something yeah. is not right. And so we go into the theater though, because I'm stupid. And we go and see the movie, out and we come back out, and I was like, wow. A rainbow water right around my vehicle because that's what oil looks like because it rained that day too. And so I had to drive home another 30 minutes shaking violently back and forth. And Ryan was like, bro, you, you probably just need to drive home because it'll be cheaper. 
to drive home, which I'm not quite sure, Ryan, if you're listening to this, I'm not quite sure that's the soundest logic. I don't know. I think I would have put more oil in it. That, yeah. Drive home 30, you know, 30 minutes with no oil in it. <laughs> and that will be cheaper than going to the Valvoline two minutes away and just saying, hey, I messed up. Can you fix this? Can you help me? Because I started thinking about it after I went back and I put all the oil in and I got it. And everything was fine, thankfully. But I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. If I drove home and the car, which this happened a couple times, shut off while we were parked at that point in the middle of the interstate, of of the highway, not the interstate, that would be. uh, Wouldn't that possibly do more damage than a $100 oil change at Valvoline? You know, yeah, and so Ryan, I, I Ryan, you were off. That man, that's bad. You're lucky. If I had, if anything happens to that Rav Four that we traded in, uh, I'm gonna send you the bill. Yep. So if you bought a Rav Four that seems like it had oil trouble, you send Ryan Manning at the Somerville Church of Christ that's your right. bill. That's right. Um, I'm not gonna tell you how to spell Somerville though. Okay. Uh, so All keep right. going. I got another one. All right. So this one is relatively short, but um. I uh, used to preach in this uh, congregation where the, there was a, it's kind of shaped like a house almost, uh, and they had a door that was at the front of the building. It was a small congregation, and the door at the front of the building, like, was right, like, just there's a door leading to the outside from, like, right in front of the front pew. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of odd. Like I don't, I haven't seen many church buildings that have something like that. Um, but anyway, what ended up happening is that during the winter it'd get cold, and and there'd be a draft that yeah. would come through the um, the auditorium. And I specifically, whenever I was up preaching, I could I could feel like when it would get cold, and so uh, I would just keep preaching. No, no worries, you know, nothing you can do about. It. There's just a little bit of a draft coming from that one door, and. And so uh, one day I'm I'm preaching in uh, in this building, and then all of a sudden I feel a draft. And it's a little colder than normal. It's right. just really cold, and I'm thinking, well, it is kind of cold outside. And then you know I get through preaching my sermon, and I go out and I visit with everybody in the uh, foyer, and I've gone and shaked everybody's hands and everything, and and everything. Nobody, you know. Nobody has any problems with anything that's gone on that day, and everybody's all happy and all that kind of stuff. You know, right. everything goes well. You know, in in result. So we live right next to the church building, and I walk across the the parking lot, and I'm just thinking, man, it is just chilly today. It is really cold, and um, so at the uh, at after all this has happened, I take my family home. I have three kids at this time, yeah, and they're like. Hey, we want something to eat for dinner this Sunday night. So I go and I, I grab stuff for dinner and uh, actually went by uh, a uh, video store and walked around and, and looked at, you know, maybe something to rent or something yeah. for the kids. And Right. So anyway, we're, I'm, I'm doing all this and I have walked through this video store and then I go and I get in the car. We had a minivan with leather seats and I felt bare skin on cold leather. And I realize after everything that my pants are ripped from <laughs> my belt loop oh, man. all the way down to my right knee. 
How? Because of the draft, you didn't... I didn't think. I just thought this was normal. It was not <laughs> normal. My pants were ripped, and nobody said anything to <laughs> you me. You know, okay, you know, did the people in the video store, like, were you there enough that people would have recognized you and right, stuff? Right. Okay, you know they're like, isn't that the preacher? That's a preacher? Or probably, isn't I'm that the pastor? I'm still in a full suit. <laughs> it's a suit. I'm in a full suit, and... And yeah, I've got this huge rip down my pants. And then you start thinking back, and the the guy at the checkout's like, "Hey, buddy, are you okay? Man, I'm having a great night. It's yeah. just the greatest night ever." Nobody said a word. Now, it I have thought it is possible that nobody saw. Well, I just don't know how that happens in the church building because I didn't stay in one spot. I'm like walking around and talking yeah. to people. I have no clue. I think somebody must have have seen and not said a word. But yeah, so yeah, I had a had a wardrobe malfunction one time while I was preaching. So that see, was I was I was thinking that you were going to be like, I set this building on fire. Um, you know, <laughs> like you you flooded one. Right. The natural progression is next. Next, I'm going to go to arson, and then the next one, I'm just going to like demolition. I'm just going to have a bulldozer come in and just. Poof. Yeah. No, this was so. Here's another story from okay. the same. Oh no. Congregation. Um. I got a call at three in the morning. Like, are you the preacher with his pants in a red? Yeah, no. <laughs> so, this is what actually it was one of my elders calls me. It might have been two. I think yeah. it was two in the morning. They called me at two, and and then said, "Hey, so and so is in the hospital." And we had an elderly couple um, that uh, the husband had died. He was mm-hmm. like ninety one. Yeah, and and he had died. And then uh, she was left for about, I think, maybe six months to a year. She was there after he had died. And, uh, of course, you know, like, when when you're a preacher and you're around that kind of stuff, you know that, like, that commonly yeah. when people are together for that long, that, you know, six months to a year, you know, they end up dying as well. And um, this lady, just sweet lady, and we— me and my wife would talk about this couple and go, oh, man, they're just so great. And, you know, they would hold hands walking into the church building. And I thought, man, at 90 years old, I want to be holding my wife's hand walking in the church building. And he'd open the door for her. Mm-hmm. He sat in the pew with his arm around, just sweet couple, you know. And so I preach his funeral, and then I, um, you know, I've got this lady, and she gets sick, and she goes into the hospital. And that's why this elder's calling me at, like, 2 in the morning. And we have we have known that she's been in the hospital for a while, and she had had pneumonia, and she was really sick, and we yeah. thought she was going to die. And so he asked for me to to come with him and us go up. It was about an hour away to go to the hospital, and so we uh, meet up. I guess about three o'clock, and we drive over there. Um, uh, well, actually, we end up driving together, and we get there somewhere around three o'clock, and um, and so we. We're in there, and, and, you know, as far as, like, a preacher is concerned, sometimes people look at the preacher in, like, a denominational kind of a way. as like he's the pastor, he's yeah. in charge. And, and while, um, you know, well, I had gone with an elder, I would have thought, well, you know, the elder would do everything. I'm just kind of here. I'm just kind of giving comfort. I'm yeah. support. Right. Um, but they wanted me to say a prayer because she was going to die at any moment. And, and I, I'm just... I'm like thinking, well, this is kind of like the elders thing, but I'll go ahead. I'll lead the prayer. Yeah. And so they're like, really, like she's going to die. She's going to die. And they've all been saying this 
everybody. And they, even when they ask me to do the prayer, could you please say a prayer for my mother who is about to die? So I, they're like, this is just a really big, sad situation. And, and so I say this prayer and I'm, I'm just like, you know, like the normal thing, you know, we're thankful for this person's life and we pray that she'll be able to go on peacefully. And I'm starting to pray this prayer you know, so that she can, she can leave this world. And then she got better. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I tell you what, I was, <laughs> I felt terrible about it because she, like, everybody's like emphasis on, yeah. you know, oh, she's going to die. Oh, and then, and then she gets better. And I'm thinking she was like kind of catatonic when I was there. So I thought, but you know the, the they always say you know the last thing yeah that goes is the hearing, and I'm thinking this lady heard the preacher praying a prayer that she would die soon, and then now she's gotten better, and so I was like oh that's that's awesome, and so I again I don't remember everything I said last year on the season one, but we had a student pray in chapel for a sister in Christ and she wasn't looking good. Yeah. And, uh, he said, you know, Lord, we pray that she get better, but if not, we pray that she die safely. <laughs> and then he did it again with another person because this sister that he had prayed for, she did pass. Then he did it again. And I'll never forget. Brother Liddell came in and just said, brother, I never say this, but if I were you, I'd probably stop praying. <laughs> because oh, no. he was like, you, uh, you, you just, uh, you, you need to think more before you speak. Right. Um, I've never heard of somebody praying, though, for someone to die. And then that person be like, bet. <laughs> Watch <laughs> yeah. this. So it gets a little better. But what happens is, and so like like they're talking about, she's going to be back in services like soon. And and I'm kind of sweating it a little bit uh, because I'm thinking, what if she what if she heard? And then um, evidently she had a really good bounce back, you know that that people do sometimes. And then she ended up passing away, and I felt this weird sense of life. It was a little bit of relief. Oh man, you're <laughs> like I am faithful. My prayer was answered. <laughs> like no, I was like. I was like, I was like, oh man, that's great, and I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry, I felt that way, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was pretty rough, yeah, and and uh, it was just like one of those things because like this happens a lot when people are in hospice, they they get better for just a little bit so that they can kind of yeah. say goodbye, I guess, and right. then they and then they pass on. Um, it's it's crazy to think about that because like none of us know how it'll be right. when it's our turn, uh, but I always have have thought about it two ways one when i die burn my body and just put me in an urn and throw me in a garbage dump somewhere i like i don't care where i go i just you know i believe the lord can resurrect me if the lord can make man out of nothing he can surely bring man back from ashes right, right. uh but i also have thought you know if i had a traditional funeral still and that urn was sitting you know, in the traditional spot, I could totally mess with people. <laughs> Let me out of here. <laughs> Let me out of here. Or I could, you know, like Recorded Brother Bland always time. says, 
told you I was sick, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But I would, I would love to be able to be in that position and say, I heard your prayer. And I did <laughs> right, not right. appreciate it. I felt like such a jerk. I really did. I was like, you, you say that and you look and she's like squinting one eye at you at that point. Like, <laughs> like what did you say? Oh man, it was so bad. Well, and All what's right. worse too is everyone in the family is like, will you please pray for my mother I, to die? Yeah, like, that's, that's exactly what was going on. You kind of, the cards are stacked really against you. Awkward. Yeah. Would you, I've, I've always heard, please pray for them to get better or please pray for the I, Lord's will to be done. I've never quite heard someone be like, my mother needs to die. They're, they're all and like, we please. are entrusting your prayer to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Was like, please let her pass peacefully. And I'm like, okay. And, and so, yeah. Oh. They're basically like, just like, please let my mother pass. Yeah. And you're going to be the one that gets it to, to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, here's another one. So I was in a, in a congregation, and uh, I was preaching on modesty. And, uh, of course, when you're preaching on modesty. This wasn't the day that you had your pants ripped, right? No, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, good. But it was the same congregation. Oh, so they man, thought that's... I was a hypocrite. So this is, yeah, they're like, I know what his thoughts really are. <laughs> he, he likes to walk around with holes in his pants. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started preaching on modesty. And, you know, when you're preaching on that in scriptures, you, you say the word naked a lot. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the Bible just defines that as either naked or clothed, and there's really no in-between. Right. And so um, I am mentioning the word naked over and over and over again. And um, all of a sudden, I see uh, we had these um, twin boys in the congregation, and they were real little. I guess they were maybe like five at the time, uh, maybe six, I guess. And um, they're good boys. They were rum, rambunctious boys, and they ended up um, causing a lot of uh, trouble. Um, but um, on this particular day, one of those twins gets up and walks down the aisle Uh-oh. past everybody. Everybody looks, and it's like it's funny because from my my standpoint, I'm looking, and everybody is just kind of like, "Oh, what's happening right now?" Yeah, they don't they don't think. I need to jump up and maybe grab this kid. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's, let's just kind of see how this thing plays yeah. out, you know. Yeah, right. And and the elders are sitting there, and they're letting him walk right on by. And he walks up into the pulpit with me and um, and just kind of motions for me to, to come bend down toward him. And I'm thinking, what is going on, you know. And he reprimands me for saying naked. He says, <laughs> he says you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not supposed to say what? And he said, you don't say naked. And then you say, you just said it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Hypocr- hypocrite, go yeah, sit down. That's right. Sometimes Adam will hear me say a word that we tell him as a four-year-old, you're not supposed to say. And so sometimes when it's a word that's not like, he'll sometimes think the word dumb is a bad right, word. Right. And it's not always a bad word. And so sometimes I'll say, well, what word did I just say? And he'll go, you said dumb. And I'm like, well, you just said it too, so. So now you're grounded. Yeah, so go to your room. trouble. You want to spank it? And, <laughs> that would have been really great if you looked at the kid and said, and you just said it, now go sit down. Like, you just <laughs> yeah. get real like. Yeah, I did tell him to sit down, but um, it was really funny. That's and then, cute, like, though. His dad, his dad was like, oh, beside himself, because he was like a single dad. Yeah. And so, like, he was like, had his head turn looking at the other twin and then that twin goes up and well <laughs> makes his way to the pool and you could just see him he was so livid and and uh 
you know, it was a little frustrating, I know, for, for several people. Yeah. But it it was it was funny. Well yeah. there there was a Sunday in one of the local works that I did. The elders had been asking me to preach on some of the harder subjects to preach on, you know, the morality issues. Right. And there was one morality issue that, you know, is very viewable from a computer. You know, that I think everybody knows what I'm talking sure. about. And so I, I warned every parent. I just told them, I said, hey, December 10th, I'm preaching a lesson, and one of the points is on this subject. You have four months. You know, you can take the time to talk to your children about and you prepare for it however you see fit. But on December 10th, I will be covering it. And so I determined that I wouldn't say the word. All I would do was put it up on the PowerPoint, what the word was, why it was sinful, and just all I would say is, this is a sin because of boom, 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 boom. And we would move on. And there was a there was a little girl in the congregation that was like, Mama, what's that word up there? And her mother goes, Sin. And she goes, No. And she starts spelling the word. And she goes, You should ask Mr. Michael about that. <laughs> Thankfully she never did. But I was like, Man, but she was she was like four. And she's spelling the word. Because right. she's a very smart kid. You know, I mean, she might have been five at the time. She was a very smart kid. But the innocence of children, right. you know, where it's like she doesn't get why I'm not saying the word, why I'm not even saying the word on the podcast right now. And she's just kind of like, Mama, what, what's that word up there? Because all she heard me say was, we know what this word is. And she's like, but I don't. I don't know what that is. Well, I should find out right now. Yeah. And I'm going to look at Mama and just say, Mama, now is the time. Tell me what that word is. Yeah. And I don't blame that mother at all for being like, ask Mr. Michael. Like, that's, yeah. you know, because obviously she knew she wouldn't do that. And then you're like, uh, go ask your mom. Yeah. Go, a- go ask, uh, go ask the elders. No, <laughs> just, yeah. just keep passing the buck. That's right. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, here's one for the younger preachers. Okay. All right. So, um, are you yeah. admitting that you're not a younger preacher or are you I'm saying, saying, I'm starting to get gray in my beard, man. Well, I mean, that's not your fault. Uh, it's because I got five kids. Uh, one of them in particular. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> Stella. But, yeah. No. <laughs> she's, she's the worst. I love I love that she is going to be listening to this with you all, and <laughs> yeah. she's going to be like, figures. Just yeah. Michael's out to get me. <laughs> all right, so, okay. So this is kind of a weird scenario anyway. I've always thought that this was weird. I had heard about it once. I ended up um, experiencing it once and almost experiencing it a second time, but I put my foot down and I was like, no, we can't do this. Um, but that is the case that, um, you know, when you invite a, uh, a preacher to come and preach a gospel meeting, yeah, they, you know, are asked to do certain things sometimes. And I have heard of elderships that have asked these, you know, preachers that are visiting to come and to talk to certain people. So I've heard of that. Uh, well, I had one guy that came in, and um, and and you got to realize that when you are visiting somewhere, you just do not know those people. No. And and then, furthermore, if you think you know the answers to everything, you really don't. Yeah. And so, um, keeping that in mind, I had a preacher that came in, and. Um, uh, maybe I hope he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. And it, you it haven't asked me. for forgiveness yet. Uh, it was so. me last November. No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but he he asked if you know he could like he he told me beforehand. Look, I'm gonna come in 
And I kind of figure this is like your vacation. Like I'm going to do the preaching. I want to do the local work for you while I'm there. And I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't really like that idea. Um, and so like, I kind of just kind of like hope that it would blow over and nothing would, yeah. would happen. Well, you know, this guy comes and he, he is asking to go visit people. Where's the secretary? I'd like to speak with her. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's my uh, wife. Um, so, <laughs> you know, like, so we're almost there actually to oh that boy. point. <laughs> yeah. So, so he comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, I want to, uh, I want to, you know, get a list of people that need to be visited. Well, if you think about that phrase, that could mean a couple of different things. You know, you could go visit people who are shut in or wayward, or you could, yeah, visit the wayward, you know. So, so he, he asks me and I, and I've kind of like, Hey, don't worry about that. You study your lesson and you just preach. Don't worry about that. Yeah. And well, he insisted to the point that he went to the secretary without my knowledge and asked for a list of people who need to be visited. And she gave him a list of, I'll go ahead and break it to you, of the shut-ins. He is looking for people that need to repent. Uh, So he doesn't know. So he doesn't know. So he goes to all these people, and he is uh, telling them that they need to repent. This is how I find out. I find out one night at the meeting, he comes in and he is mentioning the fact that he's gone and he's done this. I'm like, oh, great. That's that's awesome. And then he furthermore um, mentions one of the people that had no. he had gone to visit is no. there. And um, uh, just if you could imagine, here is a lady that's in her 80s. She has to have someone bring her because she's in a wheelchair. She's in a wheelchair and is homebound. Now, I could tell you stories about how awkward it could be going to visit her because she could not take care of herself, and she was literally at home. So she comes, and you know what? She gives a note to be sent down, and she is asking for forgiveness, and she's repenting of her sin of not being there. And it's because this guy has gone and he has visited people that really couldn't be there. They're told to repent. <laughs> okay. I just I just imagine in that moment, like if it were a comedy movie right. that he's gonna go to someone who's like in a coma and he's like, Now you know you need to be at services and they're like, Sir, he he can hear you. He's not um, responding. He he's not it's been 20 years. Been You've been unfaithful from. for 20 years? I'm going to let the elders know. And I oh. I know he meant well. Right, right. He of did course. Mean well, and yeah. I know that, that honest mistakes happen, but I also know when he found out, he had to feel like this big, you know, very <laughs> tiny, like, yeah. whoops. It was, I was like, oh, man. I, I don't, I really wish I had known exactly how that worked out. But yeah, he went and visited people that did not. Need visiting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a funny one. Well, this one kind of involves my father-in-law, and um, I'll try to keep this one short because there's a couple other ones that are really, really good here. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I was asked to actually here at this congregation in Branson, um, you know, my father-in-law has been preaching here for a, a while, and um, my uh, 
uh, birthday was coming up, and uh, and he said, "Man, I hate to do this for you on your birthday, but um, would you mind coming and leading singing for a funeral?" And I was like, "Ah, you know, we we didn't have like solid plans, so I guess that's okay." And I told Autumn, and she's a little perturbed, and she's like, "Okay, Thanks, Dad." So <laughs> I I come and I do this funeral, like like lead singing for he's doing the funeral and. And I'm I'm gonna lead singing. They they've got this PowerPoint up. And there's like weird stuff on this PowerPoint. They're like, these are like this is a weird person. And I have no clue. I don't know who this is. They're like new, a new member of the congregation. And so, um, and my father-in-law just keeps coming up to me. He's like, ah, I know this is kind of strange. And he goes, he goes, well, uh, I'll tell you what. He's like, their birthday was coming up, and and the family would like for you to lead these songs and also lead happy birthday at a at a funeral you know happy birthday and i told my father-in-law there is no way that i am leading happy birthday and so he convinces me that i need to lead happy birthday and so i'm like fine but i'm doing it first i'm not i'm not going to do this like last i'm i'm i've got all this list of songs yeah, like the funeral ends hey everybody we had a great show today yeah. it's somebody's birthday they're in the coffin in front of us <laughs> <laughs> right it was it was so bad so anyway i get up there and i'm like just kind of nervous because i'm like this is the awkwardest thing i've been asked to do and so i am i, I just kind of mention Look, I'm gonna lead this song. Happy birthday! It was this person's birthday, and um, I start leading the song, and I realize at that point I have no clue what this person's name is. <clears throat> so I'm like, I'm just gonna step away from the mic and then um, let let whatever happen as it may. And I I get to that point where you say the name and everybody stands up and points at me and says, Matt. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was a huge prank <laughs> on me. <laughs> and they they had a wheelchair up on the on the stage with a blanket. And there's a walker up there too. And they made me sit in the wheelchair as <laughs> my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. Preached my funeral for my youth because I had just turned 30. And so oh, it was man. this big, elaborate birthday now, prank. if you're listening, <laughs> that's a good prank. That's pretty good. That's, that's a good, good prank. Like that, oh man, that, because I was, when you started to say that, I was like, okay, <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely. Because I mean, I hear, I hear weird stuff. My, my dad tells a story about a family they put $2 bills, like two $1 bills, in the sock of their loved one at the funeral. And dad was like, what, what's up with that? And they're like, well, you know, it's just kind of what he liked to have. And So I get that, but like I've never – we would like happy birthday. We like happy birthday. Um, so. Also, uh, his favorite cartoon – was SpongeBob? <laughs> so, would you mind singing the theme song to SpongeBob at the tail and end? If of the you theater? can do an impression, that would be great. Yeah, you know, if you if do you know the guy who voiced him? Could you get him to be here? Like, oh, it was it was really awkward, and then it was really hilarious because it was like they got up and they had prepared sermons for my the funeral for my youth. It was. It was quite funny. Did so. they make you lie in a casket, or were they like <laughs> were, were they cremated? Was that what they told you, or something like? <laughs> they, so I just sat up there in the wheelchair with a blanket on my legs while they, and then and then uh, um, uh, Autumn she put on a black veil 
and sobbed loudly while, <laughs> while yep. they're preaching. And then we had a coffin cake for <laughs> the party. So it was... That's great. It was pretty funny. All right. So um, this one happened recently. And I'm, I, uh, uh, and then I've got two other mm-hmm. short short yeah. stories. Um, but um, We got time, one, man. You do what you got to do. All right. Uh, you can edit them out if you don't like them. Um, so this one is pretty funny. Um and uh, it's just kind of a bizarre thing that happened. But I ended up, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was preaching. And one of the uh, things I did is I was just, you know, talking about how, oh, you know, people are, you know, calling evil good and good evil and going through that. And part of my illustration in, in that part of the lesson was uh, about how uh, people are trying to change their gender. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look you're a boy or you're a girl, you know, that's, that's what you got. And if you don't understand that you're one of those, um, you probably shouldn't be able to graduate from kindergarten. And, and so like I make this point and I elaborate on this point as to why that this doesn't make sense. You know, I might've even brought in, you know, you have so many chromosomes, you know, you got to understand these things. This is scientific, you know, and I'm just trying to push this point home and no kidding, we have some visitors in there in the uh, you know auditorium. And as soon as I get through with that point, this lady shoots her hand up real fast. And I was like, "Oh man, you know what did I say? She disagreed with. I've not I've not noticed who this person is, um, but they just keep their hand up and." So I keep preaching. I'm trying to ignore it because I'm not, it's not Bible class. I'm yeah. not gonna I call on them. Yeah. And um, I guess I probably could have said, "Hey, you know what? I'm, this is not this situation." Yeah. But I was toward the end of my lesson. I thought maybe she'd put her hand down. She did not. I just went ahead and quickly wrapped up my lesson because at this point there are so many people staring at her <laughs> yeah. because she is like sitting near the front and raising her oh, hand man. and it's like, I'm going to ask you a question. So Whether you, know, you like of, it or not. Yeah. So I finished the sermon. She puts her hand down to um, sing, you know, the invitation song. And during the invitation song, I look over and I go, mm, I think that little girl is not a little girl. Oh boy. And so, um, I end up having a conversation, and this, what I'm thinking was a boy dressed up like a girl is, like, begging his mother not to talk to me. And then my elders go, she starts talking to my elders, and then my elders are like, I'm just standing at the back. I'm like, if you want to talk to me, you can come talk to me right here. And she looks so mad, I thought she might even punch me. And so I was just like, I'll stand back here. I told my family Y'all just stay right over here. Yeah. yeah. So if if I get punched, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But I'd like for y'all to be out of the way, and and so like I'm literally thinking she's going to hit me, and um, then my elders start waving me down, and and so um, I have to go up there and answer this lady, and um, I, I probably had more scripture in that conversation than I had in the entirety of my sermon, but she's asking me like she's like really upset with me saying that. What I was saying was not loving, yeah. and so she, um, uh, she, she got upset. Now the joke in the congregation now is, if you want Matt to stop preaching, all you gotta do is hold up your hand, <laughs> and he'll end the sermon. So, well, yeah. okay, <laughs> you know how we started off by saying we're the same person. Um, 
I started recruiting for the school back in October. Uh, and I said on the podcast last year about the time I got stranded in Jackson, Tennessee, when the Prius got broken down on Jack Branch Road. I go to this local country church right around Jack Branch Road. And so I'm like, I'll tell the story. It'll be funny. And so I'm in the sermon. I start telling the story. And I mentioned Jack Branch Road. And this lady raises her hand and just keeps it raised. I am starting the lesson, though, just with a quick little, hey, this happened to me six years ago, and it's funny, haha, you know, or five years ago or whatever. And she won't put her hand down. And I finally said, well, let's get into the sermon. And I start preaching, and she's keeping her hand up. And I was just kind of like, you know what? No, I'm just going to keep preaching. And so I just, and finally, she got tired, and she put her hand down. And then she came up to me after, and she goes, I was raising my hand to tell you that I live on Jack Branch Road, and it's paved now. And I was like, well, I'm happy that they paved it. And, I, and then I told Megan in the car on the way home, I'm also happy I did not let you say that, that that was what you wanted to talk about. Like, I thought she was going to be like, you shouldn't be telling a story. You should be preaching. But it was a, no, I live on that road you were talking about, and it's been paved. Like, you should get your facts straight kind of right. deal. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, sorry. But, yeah, same thing happened. Yeah. Not the same reason, but. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, the remaining ones are animals. Yeah. Uh, stories that have happened to me as a preacher. So this is these are kind of interesting and a little bit unique. But um, uh, I went to Guyana um, a few years ago with my father-in-law, and um, uh, as a as a preacher, uh, the first this was the first time I'd ever gone, and they didn't know me very well, so they didn't ask me to do any preaching. Uh, but one of the men that was supposed to uh, be preaching uh-huh. decided not to like stick with us yeah and went and did his own thing and so they need an extra preacher so you know my father-in-law vouched for me i i start uh preaching um uh in these you know rotating gospel meetings is what it was and so um i had to drive out to this place out in the middle of nowhere yeah and uh preach a little little bitty town and um they had electricity but as far out as they were it got spotty uh, at night and I was out there preaching, and the first night I was out there, like, the the power went off, and I had to just kind of preach from memory. Yeah. And then I realized, okay, every day I'm going to have to make sure I'm prepared to preach from memory. So um, that's what I did. Well, one night, one of the people thought, you know what, we're going to help the preacher out. He doesn't have a flashlight or anything. And um, we're going to bring this little battery-powered lantern and give it to him so he can you know, be able to look at his Bible, which I thought was nice, you know. Yeah. But um, I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't really helping me out. I'd already prepared to not use notes anyway. Right. And so I just ended up sitting that little lantern down. Well, that ended up producing a whole lot of bugs flying <laughs> around that lantern. <laughs> and I'm uh, standing there, and then um, uh, all of a sudden this bat that has like a 12 inch wingspan on it. Now, I'm 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 trying to be conservative. I think it was at least 12 inches, but to me it felt like it was like a 3 foot wingspan. And in reality it was probably like a 4 inch wingspan. Oh no, it no. was huge. It was huge. It was not 4 inches. Right. <laughs> no, it was huge. You saw and, it like eee! <laughs> so yeah. Uh, the little the the little boy came out and me and I was like, "Oh no." They're no. like, "That's just a mosquito. What are you?" Yeah. <laughs> but this bat starts flying around the auditorium. 
And 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 I could tell like people are distracted by it. Yeah. But I'm like I'm I'm like I'm not going to be a wimp, you know. I'm going to stand right. up here. I'm going to preach, and I'm not going to. But um, this bat starts swooping down and getting those bugs around that light that's like two feet away from me. Mm-hmm. Well, then it realizes that it's a clear path right through the middle where I'm standing. So it starts swooping around my head. Well, I'm just standing there like I'm 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 ready to cry, you know. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, your I'm sermon like, was on not being afraid, like yeah, be so, strong and yeah, courageous. So and Joshua, Joshua said, <laughs> "No, I'm 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 keeping it together. I'm like I'm I'm crying on the inside, yeah. but I'm like I'm just going to preach this lesson. I'm going to get done because you know I don't want to look like a wimp in front of all these people right. who deal with that all the time. Right. Well, then it swoops right at my face so much that I had to dodge it while I'm preaching. <laughs> And its wing kind of glazes or glances off of my uh, head a little bit. I can feel the wind completely off. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then I wrap my sermon up, you know, and everything's uh, good. But the people there, that was not a normal occurrence for them. <laughs> I'm thinking it is. So I'm trying not to be a wimp. And then all of a sudden, I look like a superhero because I preach. I didn't skip a beat when all this stuff's <laughs> happening. And they're like, dude. Man is macho, you know. That's like the three foot bat was back. Yeah, and Matt was unafraid. <laughs> yeah, but they're like, okay. So anyway, next day, other stuff happens. So uh, I'm visiting with them during the day, and uh, they they get to talking, just asking questions about yeah. you know who I was, and they said, um, I'm I'm giving them you know just oh yeah, what what do you like to do for fun? I'm telling them what I like to do for fun. Part of what I told them is that I like to hunt. And they had a couple of guys there like, we like to hunt too. And they're like, well, what do you like to hunt? And I said, you know, I like to, uh, I like to hunt deer. And they're just, deer? Really? You, you hunt deer? And then, and they're like, well, how do you do that? And they're, and, and these men are just like, they're so fast. How do you do that? And I'm like, well, you know, you can do it with a gun, but I realize I'm around people that probably don't have guns. And and I said, but I I primarily hunt with a bow. And then they're like, you're you're kidding? You hunt deer with a bow? Like Hawkeye is yeah. here? They're like, <laughs> are you you're wow? And then like they're going over and they're telling everybody he's a hunter and he hunts deer. And I'm like, wow, you know, um, I will not tell you guys how often I've missed hunting a deer, you know. Yeah, like, and, I've only killed one in 24 hunts, but, yeah, you know. But, you know, <laughs> even a blind squirrel, you know. Yeah. But uh, but so, anyway, they're just enthralled with this. And they're asking me how it's done, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's really pretty easy. You just know where it's going to go. Right. And then you get in front of it, and you hide, and then you shoot it when it walks in front of you. And so, like, you know, the they're like, oh man, that's just so amazing, and and so it, this is funny. So I'm like, well, what do you guys hunt? And they're like, anaconda. <laughs> I was like, are you guys kidding me? Like you, you're talking about me hunting deer, and you're hunting giant snakes, and I'm cool. And uh, so I'm asking them, and they're telling me how awful, like this awful way that they hunt. They actually have to wade out into these swamps. And they take a uh, an anchor of some kind, and they attach a rope to this anchor, and then they attach the other end of the rope to a hook, and they hook a chicken, and then they go back out. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. Now, how do you know when you've got one? They're like, you see the waves. And I'm like, 
this is this is like everyone's nightmare coming true, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, you see the waves, and then they go out there, and they one by one, the one person grabs it by the head, and another one comes in right behind it, and they're all going down the line, and then after everybody grabs the snake, the guy up front takes a knife out and just stabs the snake in the head. And I'm like, how in the world can you guys think I'm so awesome and you're out there killing snakes with knives? And it is just like the craziest thing to me. But I like they were just like, you're amazing. They never, ever thought that what they did was cool and what I did, that what I did was much cooler than what they did. <laughs> They're so fast. How do you kill them? Did you see the anaconda skins that we have hanging on the back right. wall? <laughs> like, it was crazy. You walked in, you're like, you guys have a lot of leather boots, like, <laughs> you know, alligator style. Like, no, that's anaconda. Well, that's you know, and like, then the best part of that was I asked them, I was like, well, how they taste good? And I'm like, oh, no, we don't eat them. <laughs> it's just for sport. It's like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we sell them to the Chinese. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so it was interesting oh, all the man. way around. Well, and I can't imagine, like, I get you can't just grab the head and stab it because it's got such a big body. Right. It just seems very dangerous. It does. Like, <laughs> I mean, Steve Irwin would always be like, I'm going to touch it. You know, like, I'm going to go over there. <laughs> yeah. That's the most deadliest cobra in oh. the face of the world. I'm going to stick my face right in it. And they're all like, we grab an anaconda and stab it in the head. Actually, probably they're probably like, Steve Irwin's awesome. They probably would be like, did you see Steve Irwin pet a deer? It was the most <laughs> yeah, amazing thing. It was awesome. <laughs> it was, he caught a turtle one time. Yeah, did you see that? <laughs> Man, that turtle was moving, and he was just like... <laughs> What's hilarious is like these are brethren, and you know you have this you know great deal of yeah. respect for brethren, and then you start talking about these things, and you're like, we are not in the same world, <laughs> you know. Man. All right, so I got one last one. All and right, I have I have not, um, you know, with all these, I haven't really said where I was when these happened, but this one happened in Florida, the very first work outside of school. All right, and um, so we lived right next to the church building. And we decided that we had too much stuff for the little house that we had. And so we decided it's time to have yard sale and sell a bunch of stuff. So that's exactly what we did. I borrowed some church built uh, church building tables and brought them over. And, and you know, we put everything on it and had our yard sale. And then at the end of the day, um, it was dark and I had to start taking stuff back. Well, earlier in the day, we had like a bunch of boxes of stuff that were like just left over where... Um, you know, they had been filled with something else and we sold those things. So I just took all those boxes and I burnt them. And so like over kind of between the church building and the house. And, um, and so, you know, there's like this pretty decent size ash heap right there. And, and I'm trying not to step in it as I'm taking the, um, uh, tables back to the church building. But at this point I'm exhausted Yeah, and I'm like, I just, this is right in a straight line for me. And so I decide, you know, I'm going to do, I'm just going to step right in this ash heap because I don't care anymore. I'm done. And so I step and I remember looking down because it was a full moon. I looked down, uh, I stepped, made a perfect footprint, you know, like, you know, when you look at those footprints yeah. on the moon, you yeah. know, just a perfect footprint. And I just kept walking and I, I went and put that table up. And then I walked, I walked around it because I was like, I just really don't want to, you know, you know, put this ash everywhere. So I walked around it again. I go pick up a table, and I'm taking it over to the church building, and I realize that where I had just stepped 
there is a giant paw print. Uh, it's not a dog. I know what that looks like. It is something I haven't seen before. And then I'm starting to think, you know what? I have seen that before, but what is that? And I realized, it's a big cat. <laughs> it is a giant cat. And um, I get freaked out because, I mean, this is like a big, big yeah. animal. And 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 so I, I take this table and I put it in the church. Plant. I called I called Autumn and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. There is a giant um, paw print out there. It's a big cat. Um, I mean, like it's bigger than a mountain lion. I've seen a mountain lion paw yeah. print. And so um, I was like, the only thing I can think of, and this is just so rare that I can't imagine that this would be it, but it looks like a panther print. <laughs> and so I told Autumn, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to stay here all night. I can't ask you. She's like, should I go out to the car? And like, I'm like, no, you should not do anything. You, you say yes. And it's like, yeah. oh, Autumn, no. Yeah. Oh, Autumn, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, no, you need to, you need to stand there. And so I just called her and I said, all right, this one won't do. Um, I'm just going to get a running start. <laughs> I'm going to bust through these doors. They're going to shut on their own. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just going to run. To, to this door, have this door unlocked and open just enough that I can just come right in real quick. So that's exactly what I, did. I just burst right through that door, ran to the house fast as I could. Like I actually took a running start across the fellowship hall and I get all the way into the house and I'm just like, I have never felt more scared in my life. You know, I've been out in the woods at night before. Yeah. But that was crazy. Um, next morning we get up. And I go outside, and and the it had rained earlier that day, and there were giant paw prints all along where I was taking those tables back to the <sighs> church building. I called out the animal control, and they confirmed, yeah, those are Florida panther prints, and. Uh, and so I was being stalked by a panther. They, either, there is, they could tell that it had been on top of the church building at one point in time and that it just followed me back and forth. And so I, and I was carrying the tables on those sides. So it's likely that it was just over there just watching me walking back and forth, uh, trying to figure out what in the world I was. And so, yeah, I got stalked by a panther. Right next to yes, yeah. Wow, right next I'm looking. To, I'm looking at one right now. If you want, just type Florida Panther. Um, that makes okay. I've always wondered why in hockey the Florida team was the Florida Panthers. Right. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, um, and they don't. They don't scream like a Black Panther will scream. Yeah. Um, and they do this weird chirping sound, and we heard that, and we didn't know what it was, and now we know. Yeah. Okay, so had you heard it before that night or that night you we heard, heard it? We heard it before that night. Oh man. And uh but it's it's insane. You don't know where they would live cuz they had like a I think it was like a 60 mile radius that they would hunt in. And so it was like it Did they might, ever find it? No. <laughs> so we were kind of leery about things, you know, and we we're kind of like when we we're putting out trash, we were concerned about what kind of trash we put out and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. It was uh is a little crazy. But yeah, so that's it. That's all my stories. Wow. You know, um, 
I I have not heard anyone yet say that they've been stalked by a panther. <laughs> um, I hadn't heard anyone else before say we hunt anaconda. Right. Um, right. <laughs> I yeah. I, I felt accomplished. I caught a I caught a fish once. It, it was a small fish. And I was like, look at me. I am a master of the pond. And now I'm thinking about being like brave or brazen, however you want to put it, enough to go, you know, it would be fun. Let's wade out into that water. <laughs> yeah. Let's put a chicken on an anchor. All right. And when we see the waves, that's more like, get up! And we're going to grab that snake. We're all going to grab onto this massive beast, and we're going to stab it in the head. And then when they were done with it, they're like, what should we do with it? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, let's sell it. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you could see a movie, like a documentary made about that very right. thing. Oh, I forgot to say that I said... <laughs> I said, aren't you afraid that, like, while you're waiting out there that an anaconda is going to get you? And they're like, oh, they don't think we taste good. <laughs> I'm like, how, how, how did you, you figure that one out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Again, brazen enough to be like, it won't get us. That'd be like you saying the night that Autumn called you about the panther, be like, yeah, it won't. It won't like you. Don't worry. Yeah. It won't eat you. <laughs> it right. doesn't like women. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? how would you know that? Right. Well, and, and even when the animal control came out for the the panther story, they they're like, oh, well, we don't have a documented case of a panther killing a human being in Florida. And yeah. yet, Florida people go missing a lot. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. There's a first time for everything. You know, it it makes me think, I was back in Florida earlier in January, and it makes me think, like, I'm starting to try to visualize the ground again to see, like, were there paw prints, and I just didn't notice. Because that's terrifying. They were literally, the paw prints were the size of my palm. Wow. Like, like they were, they were really big. How did, okay, so how do they, I mean, you lived there for at least a little while. Yeah. Um, Why are they a problem? How come they don't, because they can't find them, or they just... Yeah, there's few of them. Um, I think they're maybe even endangered. Yeah. So you're not really supposed to, you know, do anything. They're protected, so you can't do anything to them. <laughs> you imagine, can you imagine that? Like, um, there's a panther, and it's it's in my backyard, and it will not leave, and we can't leave unless something happens. And the, the pest control or whatever, animal control comes out, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to have to let him stay there. Um, <laughs> just let him hang out. He's protected. Yeah. How are we, you know, I'll be honest and the with you. was like two at the time or almost two. There's something about the whole God gave man dominion over right, the animals. Right. It's like maybe that should take precedent with something dangerous. Right. I right. get like the bees are endangered. We should protect the bees at all costs. A panther? Like, okay, cool. That. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened if like a self-defense kind of a thing, but I don't, I don't know. It's kind of weird. You know what would be a hilarious, like if you had killed that panther in self-defense and then you had, like went to court and they're like, we find Matt McBrayer guilty of killing an endangered species. We fine you in the amount of X yeah. amount of dollars. And then you're just kind of like. Exorbent amount what? of money. <laughs> yeah. I was going to die. Yeah. I saw a trailer. I'll say this and we'll close the episode out. I saw a trailer for a new movie that's supposed to come out with Idris Elba in the summer it's called beast and they're like in africa i guess somewhere on safari and they're like 
doing one of those trips where they're in the Jeep and they're driving around. And they all get out, and they're all looking around, and Idris Elba's character walks up to his friend, and the friend goes, run. And so Idris Elba just starts booking it, running, fast as he can. And he jumps into the car, and as he jumps into the car, a lion comes out of nowhere and just bangs into the car and tries to, like, get eat them and all that. And the rest of the trailer is them fighting this lion. And I'm thinking, you know, if that movie's clean, I can't wait to see that. Because just the thought of Idris Elba punching a lion in the face, which was in the trailer, he punches this lion in the face. And I'm like, that man... In, in the movie, do you have brave you have to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to punch that lion in the face. And he's fighting this lion off. You know, like that, that sounds insane, but I have to wonder because like when I went to Cape Town, we went on one of those types of safaris and they have the lions in their own enclosure. Like they're not yeah. allowed to be out and about. Yeah. And we, I, I, you know, dumb American, I asked the question, why not? And they're like, they will kill you. <laughs> what do you think will happen? They're a lion. Yeah. They're going to kill everything that you want to see. And so we keep them in here and we feed them raw meat. And we just bring in pound after pound after pound of raw meat every day to feed them. And I'm like, oh, I guess that does make sense. And there were like all these lions and, and you couldn't even see them. Because one of the things about the lion that is kind of amazing in their little enclosure in Cape Town, they blend, they blend in to the mountain that they're standing by. And so they're like, oh, do you see up there? That's a lion. And I'm like, where? They're like, oh, right there. And they're pointing, and I'm like, what? I, here. And they give you some binoculars, and you're looking at it, and you're like, that is a lion. And I could just imagine somebody, like mountain lions, you know, climbing a mountain and then just, like, taking and looking up, and there's a lion. like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, that. that's terrifying. Yeah. I've never... I never put two and two together. Like, I thought the Florida Panthers were like the Atlanta Falcons kind of deal. You know, like, yeah. we're just going to name our team something. I had no idea that just they were give like, it an animal name. I, I had yeah. no idea that they were like, you know, we have a problem with Panthers. You know what our hockey team should be called? The Panthers. Right, right. And it's an actual Panther, like, terrifying. Yeah. Now, they did kidify it. Um, and, I, and that's not kidify, that's kiddify. Uh, because the new logo looks more like a kitten. Than an actual like it used to be a fearsome logo like the panthers oh, yeah, pouncing yeah, at yeah, you you know yeah now it's just kind of like the head of a panther oh yeah I haven't looked and it's at very that cartoonish long time um yeah it's it's pathetic um but you know Florida fix your life uh, fix your hockey team that's yeah, come ridiculous on, get together come on be fierce um you know what did that really happen probably no <laughs> yeah if it didn't then you're a liar so we need to fix no, that but no. <laughs> um matt i appreciate you being on the podcast again i really hate caleb can't be on these episodes with us uh caleb always makes these episodes more fun um i hope that you're you're enjoying the episodes that he's not able to be on we have podcasts with brother tony lawrence that we're going to be doing on did that really happen he was on our summer season and so he's going to be on the podcast uh here in the near future as well as potential plans to go live again. So let me say this. If we do intend to go live, we don't know the date that this will happen yet. But what I can tell you is this. We need your stories. We need stories like what Matt talked about tonight. Now, I need to stress, they need to be appropriate. I'm not going to get on the air and read something that's inappropriate. So we're going to be screening every story before we read it. But we want to hear, and you can be anonymous. You can be, hey, this is me. This is what happened. We don't care. Send us your stories. And we're going to tell those stories live on air if we do intend to go live. And 
I mentioned this, and I need to say this before we close. Last year, I talked about all my travel mishaps. Then I took a job where I travel for a living, and I was teaching a Bible class at Cerrito, and I found out my flights got canceled uh, the next morning that we were supposed to be flying out. And so we ended up getting a later flight in the day, which ended up working out great. We got to hang out a little bit more with the McBrayers, but we had to like drive an hour and a half almost to where we were going to fly out of, and then we had to wait there on this tinier plane to get home and it was the strangest like we didn't get home till late at night and it was it was really difficult and it was awful i have a story that tops all of my travel stories so far that just happened to me two weeks ago at the time of me filming this with matt it is 101 in the morning june 3rd and I have a story that I intend to tell you live on that podcast if we do go live. So, you don't want to miss that. I have to tell you the abbreviated version because if I told you the real thing, the whole thing, it'd be a 45-minute story. But I have got the mishap of a lifetime to date. And so, uh, we'll be looking for that episode if we intend to go live. We intended to do it last year. Unfortunately, Brother Philip Patton's passing really kind of put a damper on that plan, and so we didn't go live out of respect to him. Uh, this year, we we hope to maybe go live. Digital Bible Study's given us the right to go live on their platform if we so choose, uh, but we'll let you know what we plan to do. And so, uh, just keep us in mind. Uh, send us your stories, suggestions on whether or not you want content that's more than just this, uh, that would be from from an entertaining basis. And until then, take care. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.